Welcome back, everyone, to episode five of Anime Countdown. As always, I'm your host, LB, and joining me is CT. Hey there. So today's Anime Countdown has a topic which is a bit more specific. Uh, while we could have gone with another favorite genre piece, we decided to get a bit more specific and talk about series where they have a high fatality count. Now, by this, we don't mean series where entire planets of unknown faceless bystanders get killed in an explosion. We're talking series that aren't afraid to put main characters on the chopping block. Series where no one is. That This is going to be the first episode where there is some overlap between our lists, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Also, a couple of reminders. First off. Um, neither of our lists are in any particular order, so don't take our placement as any kind of ranking system. Also, just a heads up, that there might be some spoilers sprinkled in throughout this episode, so we'll try to announce the titles that we're going to talk about first, and that way you can just fast forward if, if you don't want to hear what we're about to say about. Before we get into our primary lists, we both have some honorable mentions that we want to bring up. Uh, go CT, let's go ahead, let's start with yours, because you have some specific reasons for yours. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but before I start, when we get to our main selections, uh, I'd, we, we didn't really establish any qualifiers, uh, beyond what you mentioned right there, but generally speaking, I tended to try to, uh, avoid ones where the series was simply, you know, if, it, if you're going into a horror thing, you're not really going to be terribly surprised when a lot of people die by the end of it. So if it was, you know, the conceit of the anime or kind of an everyone was already dead before they began sort of thing or uh, horror, I tended to shy away from uh, because it, it's kind of built into it and you're expecting it. So even if it does turn out by the end, Battle Royale, for example, <laughs> you're pretty sure a lot of people are going to die. So excessively edgy things, and we can always discuss what that means. But uh, my first honorable mention uh, was a reasonably recent kind of subversion of this. And by that, I mean uh, Mayoiga or Lost Village, which I basically consider a horror shitpost where there were death flags everywhere, but no one ever dies from it. So <laughs> I don't know if you watched that uh, when it was out. It was a very contentious show while it was running, and to this day. I Did watched you? a couple of episodes of it, but I never finished it. It felt like one of those shows where they were going to continually amp up the tension and then not do anything about it. So I kind of just dropped out after a few episodes. Well, right. That's always the approach is, you know, okay, how much of this are they doing on purpose? How much are they making it a comedy by way of it simply being so far down one path, but not being that in the end you've built up all of these things and it's, uh, and it's just hilarious. So uh, I'm, I'm giving that one an, an honorable mention by being set up to do exactly, uh, you know, this sort of thing, but basically thumbing their nose at the audience and not doing it. And then I have our first sacrilegious honorable mention. And by, oh, that, by that, I mean, I'm going to mention Robotech. So, uh, it, obviously, most people know Robotech by reputation, and it's built off the foundation of Superdimension Fortress Macross. And Macross is not without major character deaths, you know, specifically some very memorable scenes of, of ones that you wouldn't expect. Uh, Robotech, interestingly, by its very nature, was forced... And you don't really get this in U.S. adaptations and hack jobs of uh, anime coming over and being, you know, edited and dubbed out here. They had to increase the death count because you couldn't go from 
SDF Macross to the Southern Cross series without explaining away all of the main characters. So you kind of had to kill them off. A couple of them, you know, main characters like Rick Hunter and, and Lisa Hayes, you could push off, you could tell some kind of lore. They built a, an off-screen SDF and went to go find the bad guys over somewhere else in the galaxy. But then the rest of them, you know, you can't have everyone necessarily just exiting off screen. So they had to amp up how many people die by the end of the series because they can't make it into the next one. There's simply, there's no option for them to be there. So it, uh, it, it was kind of humorous that in the nature of translating it over and putting three series together to make their uh, lore out of, they had to kind of ramp up the, the death count and make, you know, heroic sacrifices and other things where it, it wasn't actually resulting in character deaths in the original series, but they would cut out revelations or, or other things and uh, put it in to make, you know, every, everybody died. <laughs> so, that, that I find amusing, but those were my honorable mentions. All right, so I have a couple that I wanted to put on my main list, but again, I just couldn't find the space for them. One of them, you mentioned earlier that you kind of steered away from the horror and the obvious choices. Meanwhile, on my list, I'm steering right into them. <laughs> okay. So my first honorable mention at the time, nobody knew that this was going to be a title like this. And then once it happened, it spread the news spread like wildfire and you couldn't get away from it. And that hmm. would be Madoka Magica. Okay. Uh, Madoka Magica, as soon as you got to episode three, that was the big change in tone there. So yeah, that yes. was my first one. Uh, my second honorable mention is another horror series, and that would be Shiki. Okay. Shiki is interesting in that it doesn't, it starts as a really slow, drawn out, high tension, suspenseful horror series. The body count doesn't actually arrive until the very end of the series. At which point they go on a mad murdering spree and kill every vampire that they can think of, which I found to be kind of an interesting approach. Uh, so yeah, so those are my two honorable mentions. Obviously, they're both a little more horror-ish. Uh, Madoka wasn't... Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it horror, but definitely dark and certainly established something that I'm pretty sure I know what is going to be on your main list to follow. Though that that does... Madoka in part ties into another thing that I, I didn't mention, wherein I, I was also steering away from things wherein you have take-backs by the end. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for instance, you can have... You can have, you know, a high body count, you can have meaningful things, but if the plot by the end, you know, everyone can come back or a bunch of people come back and that does happen in the Madoka Magica. Still certain separations, there's still some character deaths, but it's not nearly to the uh, degree that it went through the journey. Uh, I believe even, you know, something like uh, Razifan, where if you have an ending that basically makes it seem like, okay, everybody died right here, but possibly they're all fine after this event happens or they all get pulled back. That's another thing that I I didn't like so much. I like it being a, by the end of the series or by however far you are in it, everything feels like it's for keeps. So, because that mm -hmm. cements the, the seriousness of it, at, at least as far as a, you bonded to characters and you went through these events and you were affected by them and uh, there, there's no... Uh, uh, re-rolling that so. makes sense yeah so we both you know approached our lists in different ways i don't so you know it'll make for some interesting discussion over the next hour or so okay 
So, alright, uh, let's go ahead, let's get into our main lists. Uh, since you did your honorable mention first, we'll go ahead, we'll let you start us off. Uh, so, go ahead with your number five. Okay. I certainly had the option of going a bit, you know, weirder and, and aside and plumbing the depths, but this is probably going to be one of the more, you know, normy taste mentioning uh, kind of things here because i'm going to start with the series death note okay and that is obviously that it feels what when you have death in the title it feels like something where a lot of stuff is going to happen but it's one of those where you know you had a lot of character deaths you had a, but what you had was a lot of events and the seriousness built up uh, you had a lot of times where Light and, and others were trying to, you know, make things happen in a way where it uh, could prevent things, but then make things happen where it, it would affect other people. It built the deaths around strategically. It was definitely an anyone can die, uh, but not an everyone will die. It was not pointlessly edgy because it was all towards a plan i mean unless you were a criminal if you were a criminal and you your name was known on tv you were probably gonna die <laughs> but, <laughs> but of the main cast of the main characters who are pulled in uh both protagonists and antagonists and uh uh every side of it as much as you involve death gods in all of this uh there were meaningful ways that all of it would happen and there was certainly a lot of it and obviously the halfway point involves one specific death that's uh, contentious because a lot of people believe that the series went off the rails at that point same thing with at the very end i think overall they used it to establish enough tension and enough uncertainty and had enough good uh, and meaningful uses of it that uh, it it deserves it by the end. That's that's just one of those where it had a very interesting handling uh, of all of it, even if it was some of the easiest character deaths to pull off uh, by nature of the Death Note itself. It also involved a whole lot of uh, complicated ones. And it was literally the point of the show of them trying to fight, you know, wheels within wheels, plans within plans to actually manage to take someone out who is a uh, large enough threat, despite having basically the uh, the best killing weapon in the world. I liked the the handling of it, and in the for for most of my series and uh, that I'm going to mention, and in this one in particular, it didn't feel like. You know, you could have gone through a series like that just fine with fewer overall deaths and had the same impact because in the end it's a suspense thriller kind of can you take down the bad guy uh, and how, what's the cost in getting there? And it, it could have worked with more as well, it, it, but it didn't uh, It didn't require it. It had a lot, but it didn't require it. So it uh, they were meaningful. Uh, throughout the uh, all of the volumes, or the show, we are talking anime, but it didn't <laughs> stray far from the manga that I that I recall. I don't I don't remember any notable uh, uh, deviations. What uh, I assume you've probably watched it. I've watched most of it. I Death Note is one of those shows that I didn't watch it when it first came out, and then it got spoiled all the hell for me. <laughs> yeah. And that show is just not as good when you know what's going to happen. That is true. That is true. I was... Uh, I forget when... I mean, I was uh, reading scanlations of it as they... Uh, came out so for some of the it once i discovered it as a work i was definitely uh along for the ride rather than knowing what was going to happen so all right uh as is 
becoming tradition on this show, I'm going to start my list with my most obvious choice uh, <laughs> just to get it out of the way. Okay. Uh, and so that one is going to be Higurashi when they cry. Okay. Uh, Higurashi gets bonus points because not only does every character in this series die, but due to the anthology nature of the series and the story resetting every four to five episodes, not only do characters die, they die multiple times in multiple ways. That's the big reason why I added it's still like my favorite horror series of all time. I don't enjoy the second season nearly as much because the body count is not nearly as high uh, <laughs> so so but, i mean echo would have been uh great as long as the uh as long as they killed more people or rapid <laughs> repeatedly killed more people umi neko is a series all on its own somewhere uh <laughs> i could go I I need to rewatch that show someday and then and revisit it. But yeah, uh, Higurashi takes the title for my favorite horror. Okay. Were there any particular ones? Since it's not really spoiling much of uh, it when you go in, you know, knowing the premise in general and knowing what's going to happen. Were there any particular ones that? Uh, affected you more uh well i mean higurashi is one of those series that just has the reputation built in if you're yeah. an anime fan of pretty much any level you've probably heard of higurashi and the reputation behind it that said in terms of like the different deaths that affected me the most not even the deaths affected me as much as some of the like torture scenes that <laughs> affected me like when oh god i can never remember if it's mion or shion has to put her hand into that device and get her fingernails ripped off <laughs> that scene still squicks me to no end just because of it the deaths are great and i love seeing the death scenes in that series but the torture scenes are actually uh are actually far more have a far more lasting impact on me uh <laughs> than the actual deaths you're go you're going in a bit of a different direction that i than i thought might uh go so it's, it's kind of amusing well uh <laughs> We'll have to see where where it ends in the end, and I didn't think that was your the most obvious. Probably as far as the community goes, that's the most obvious. I didn't think that would be your most obvious, though. I'll yeah, like inevitably I said, it comes up. I'll mention which one I assumed was going to be your most obvious. But okay, <laughs> I'm cu I'm curious to know what you think is my most obvious, but I'm sure we'll get there when we uh, get if, there. if you get through without it, then I'll. Uh, then I'll bring it up. Okay, but, sounds uh, good. But all right. Uh, but yeah, that's my number five. Uh, so moving along to your number four, which one did put? Did you put down? Okay. So again, like I said, this this contains a bit more normie taste than uh, 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 than, than ever, and it's it's hard to get more normie right now than to say that uh, I, I believe that Attack on Titan handles uh, a whole lot of character death, and I think it does it pretty well. For a, a series that it's obviously your stakes are presented, you know, very immediately, basically. You get the uh, Colossal Titan showing up, you get a whole city uh ravaged you get the main character's mother eaten <laughs> bit in half in front of your eyes you you can see that it's something that quite conceivably will simply be a uh a, a series that's just filled with gore but it's not entirely the seriousness is there the threat is always there and i think as far as something, I think Attack on Titan in many ways, especially the manga, because it, it's drawn 
creepier. <laughs> but uh, it, it succeeds in some ways uh, better than a, a lot of horror does as far as uh, uh, creeping dread goes. But uh, it pulls back and you get, you know, Aaron and Mikasa and, and the others with their troop. You get them going together. They get into encounters. They're doing okay. You lose cannon fodder here and there. Uh, but then you lean into a particular situation and you start losing a couple people from the squad. Uh, and then it pulls back again. And you're, you know, you're reminded that, that it's a very fatal world out there and the main characters are not simply going to be this gung-ho uh, team of Titan Slayers, even though you team up with uh, Levi and Mikasa are, are basically gods of 3D maneuvering <laughs> in their own way. Uh, but it keeps setting up the situations. You have the worldscape, but then you have your main characters, and uh, a bunch of them will come uh, and go that you run across but aren't you know, they're not gone by way of being dead. They're simply a in a larger world. But then once you feel yourself getting a little bit too settled and a little bit too uh, invested, you can have explosive scenes uh, where you suddenly lose an entire squad in a uh, uh, rapid fashion, very unexpectedly, and it, it hits you. And then again, pulls back and you have uh, the other things. You have conflicts between... Titans, when the lore starts to expand, you get more people and more crazy going on. But it also means that you start having, you know, encounters between the Titans and people who are going to have to die. Uh, you have times in which people have to choose who lives and who dies, including very uh, prominent characters in it. So it's another one of those that as the entire story is being spooled out, it's not simply a blood murder fest and it's not a everyone dies right at the end sort of thing that you get meaningful situations that are going through you're invested in people and you never know what could happen at one point or another so when you know new battles are going to happen you're like well, okay well what what might come a, a who's a likely target uh are they uh, is the author going to pull the trigger here and a lot of times you get things where when they do go down, you get a, you know, a meaningful death, a poetic death. You you get to see kind of a life arc from them, even for some of the semi-useless characters, which I, I think is just crafted very well and makes it a, a worthwhile one to have a, a high body count while uh, maintaining story. You know, that series didn't even occur to me when I was putting together my list. And I feel kind of silly that it didn't. Because not quite enough. Is it something where not quite enough people are dying? Or <laughs> is it... Uh, uh, was it simply you were, you were looking... Because you said you were looking down the horror path and you get a bit of that in Attack on Titan. But it, indeed, when you just have kind of straightforward, you know, well-known, popular shonen stuff, those aren't usually going to be on the on the on the same sort of mental tableau when you're thinking through something like this. Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. I was going through my anime planet list and I do <laughs> remember seeing this series, uh, because I watched the first season. So I remember seeing it on my list, but the I just kind of breezed past it. I didn't even think about it really in terms of how many people actually die in that series. More more than two. Yeah. And while you occasionally get the kind of thing wherein so for instance the uh the bit where you think and when I was watching it for the first time, of course, I was like, oh, wow, that that's great. They actually killed off the protagonist by like episode five. Uh, so indeed not. They do have a pullback on occasion when you're revealing 
you know, who are the humanoid Titans because they can, uh, they can get their Titan regeneration on, but that's in service of revelation of plot or it's in service of revelation of new character who you didn't know what it was necessarily going to, uh, be at the time. So, uh, it's it's not something where it's just taking a, a an ass pull for no reason and saving everyone at the end or rewriting a, a timelines. So it's it's still there, and you see these people come back again, and you see them getting messed up again, uh, and you see some of them getting killed later. So it uh, it comes around. So all right, uh, my number four. If you know me, it's probably another obvious choice. Uh, but for me, my number four is going to be a Kamiga kill. <laughs> okay. And uh, and since that was going to be my next one, we get to talk about this for as uh, long as you feel like. So. Uh... Okay, sounds good. Uh, a Kamiga kill. I know that it gets hate from people on occasion but I still really enjoy it partially because I really liked how no one was safe throughout the entire run of the series main character, side character, hero villain nobody was safe in this series and I really enjoyed going from episode to episode wondering is this the episode where my favorite character is going to die or did they get to survive for one more episode right did did this thing they're going to do because is that going to be their heroic sacrifice uh or is that simply going to be the usual okay they they do a, a shonen ass pull and manage to get out of the situation and move on. So yeah, it definitely it has an obvious reputation. Uh, I don't know if you read the the manga after the anime, but a lot of people complain. I think simply because it deviated enough from the manga that you couldn't do it. But it in the end, you know where where the manga kind of went. I never liked characters from Wild Hunt, which was another thing. It, it felt like one of those situations where it was just being spooled out because they could still drag it on. But I feel like it should have been wrapped up better. And that, I think, the anime did pretty well. <laughs> because it decided to end things with the anime and end it in its own way, it actually... I, I believe that it... Uh, ends up better off than the uh the than the manga overall because I wasn't as invested in round two of okay here are these next people who are all badasses and who who can live or die and then okay here's these other people who are all badass it, it had power creep it had character annoying creep it had it had a bunch of things that I don't think serviced the story overall pretty well so I I like that the anime just kind of took care of it, became self-contained, finished it up there. I think it happened well, and indeed, as you say, because from a fairly early time, it certainly didn't have to be uh, as fatal as it was, especially like the, the style of it generally. It's the kind of thing where people can end up living through stuff a whole lot more often and dragging the, the, the thermonuclear, you know, major weapon, huge destruction thing leaves a lot of destruction in the wake and the good guys can get away and then they come crawling out at the end and rejoin the good guys so they escape their bad situation. They could easily have done that, but through the through the route it didn't it'll uh, as you said good guys bad guys you didn't you didn't know who you didn't know when you didn't know if and even at the very end you had a lot of things where it didn't feel like it was just killing people off to be edgy it it felt like it was just sort of settling the uh nature and destructiveness of the show by the end that uh you know a, a number of characters basically go at that final battle rather than being a it wasn't a big everyone died all in one big explosion thing but it it you know they were still 
you were not making it through very well. I don't even remember the sum total <laughs> of, of deaths from it. it but uh, yeah, an awful lot. You get uh, a few memes here and there about it. Uh, occasional people who uh, die off screen and then you're greeted with a rather horrific display. Makes me sad. <laughs> One thing that I really liked about a comic got kill though is that it wasn't just that, you know, characters were dying and nobody was safe. That was a really nice twist on the formula. I but one thing I really liked is that they were really creative with the way that they killed characters off. Yeah, that you didn't you didn't just have uh let, let's say uh someone who taps your forehead and uh, says you are already dead because everyone had their unique powers and their unique uh, weapons. They were all called arms, right? Yeah. Okay. Because they had them and because they were weird here and there, you had certain characters who, like their arms was their only ability to do anything and you had other characters who were just kind of superhuman through their arms. So yeah, they when they would pair people off in conflicts and a lot of times they would just fight. And again, you get back to the square one or people get hurt. They get saved by a friend and the other person retreats. And then when you get to the ones where it's someone's not leaving that uh, encounter breathing, then uh, yeah, it, it presents it in a, in a largely interesting and uh, differentiated fashion, depending on the, on who was trying to think of was there anything else I wanted to mention about this one, but yeah, definitely this one had me, like I mentioned earlier, it had me on the edge of my seat every single week. I was just that invested in seeing these characters survive as long as they possibly could. And I liked that in the final episode, I don't remember names. I don't have, <laughs> I don't remember all the names. You'll have to excuse me, but I liked the way that they wrap things up at the end, the way, what you brought up earlier about there was the big heroic battle and some people went, got lost that way. Uh, I really liked that. They gave Leona the beast girl, uh, her own little heartbreaking ending after everything that she had been through in the series. Right. So that was a big so that was a big one for me. That one really stuck out for me as I was really grateful that they gave her, you know, a more touching ending that befit her character. And Tatsumi was already gone prior to the rest of it so it felt kind of weird that you know the key character and the and the audience entry point into it who feels like the protagonist is already dead at that point and you still have more of the stuff to go and the the resolution at that point between uh, akame and sdf still has to uh you know still has to happen uh oh yeah so it has a deservedly edgy reputation, but uh, especially as kind of belying the style because it comes across a little bit cutesy, but not in the same way that Madoka Magica or other uh, magical girl-related ones do. But uh, so they, at some point, basically, they could have had a few of them enough to make some fatality stick, but they could have at any point pulled away or they could have done the uh uh the one where a couple people die in in the end battle but uh they they kept it during they it it didn't it was excessive if you're just going to count how many characters are <laughs> living at the beginning of the show <laughs> and dead at the end of the show but it, it didn't feel like it was excessive in the uh all of these uh, uh, you know, things were just kind of pointless cruelty or they're just to make for bloody scenes. They were largely all meaningful and it was, you know, it was kind of a, a you know, just a harder edged, you know, shonen battle series. It was war in this case. There, There's casualties. So 
it, it was more like World War One level uh, casualties. Everyone was fighting the Somme by the end. So uh, lots of people die. A few people get to uh, carry the banner home with them. So, now, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I don't have anything more to say. That was going to be the next one I brought up, though. So, uh, you, do you want me to go ahead and just? Yeah, you might as well do your your three then, so uh, we don't uh, finish out. It'll be funny if it's my next one as well. But uh, yeah. So, all right. Uh, my number three is going to be Magical Girl Raising Project. That's what I thought was going to be your number one. Uh, okay. I thought that was going to be your, your the most obvious for you pick. So. Yeah, well, it did make it onto the list. I just I, didn't. Did I just not... figured get Higurashi out of the way first. Okay. But yeah. Makes sense. So Magical Girl Raising Project is another series kind of like a comic got kill in that you know, nobody is really safe. Everyone dies. Even the pregnant woman gets killed, which <laughs> gives you some kind of clue as to how brutal the series gets. You don't you don't get saved by circumstance of oh, they wouldn't kill the the pregnant woman, would they? They wouldn't kill not pretty much everyone. Yeah, so though really interesting thing about Magical Girl Raising Project, though, is that the order that people die is really unpredictable, because early on in the series, I remember when I was watching this when it was first airing, by episode three or four, I was convinced that I knew exactly who the big bad villain was. Uh, I was convinced that I knew exactly who was going to be the final one standing at the end. And then they killed her off. And from that point on, I made it a mission to never try to guess what this series was going to do next. Because I just knew that I was going to be horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> and it was... And that ended up being accurate for the entire run of the series. I had no idea what this series was going to do next at any point when I was watching it. Uh, and the one who was left at the end ended up... If I had tried to guess at the beginning of the series who was going to be the big bad villain, this the one that ended up being was n wouldn't even have been in my top five i, I would complete that oh i was just saying that yeah if, by the time we got to the end i literally was had my jaw on the floor when they finally revealed who was gonna be the one to do to try and take out the heroes right I, I had some inklings bec because, you know, uh, you you have a big squad of bad guys in the beginning and multiple members. So if you assume that the, the thing is going to play tricks on you, you assume that the obvious ones, the very powerful ones, won't make it out. I had a few inclinations because it felt like certain characters were being played off as a bit more shiftless and useless Some of them were just you know cannon fodder so it uh, it yeah. didn't mean that anyone had to be but uh i uh, i had some inklings but I indeed the route that it took was uh generally enjoyable to to go through i i certainly didn't bond with the show to the degree that i know you have. It, it still comes across as uh you know just sort of a, a madoka magica edge fest sequel <laughs> <laughs> but uh that doesn't mean it's it's not a fun ride and it certainly qualifies for a list like this yeah it so, like i said i tried to predict what was going to happen early on i failed i never tried again and i was better off for it i just let myself enjoy the ride and it really entertained me now, did you try to follow any of the, uh, because there are a bunch of sequels or, uh, 
or other stuff uh, for this, wasn't there? Or did yeah. you just watch the uh, the anime? Uh, I've only watched the anime. I've never tried to get into the light novels. I might try eventually if they don't ever animate them. And at this point, I'm starting to get antsy about if they ever will. So I might try eventually. Yeah, it's it's only been 2016, but you know that's not that that becomes uh, that's not entirely off base for something that you know probably wasn't the most popular uh, during its time. But it becomes a weird delay for stuff like uh, Sword Art Online and. Attack on Titan and ReZero, which were extraordinarily popular. Less so for something like this. So we may we may indeed see another run. Although who knows if there will ever be any anime anymore. The, it, it feels like uh, reality is kind of a uh, body count uh, series right now. So uh, let's, let's uh, not consider that further and just get back to the uh, to the fictional version. Yes. So I'll go the the fourth one on my list and the other one that I think you might have put uh may, maybe maybe not but uh, it's actually one one you introduced me to and has already been in an expanding horizons episode. Uh I put Chrono Crusade on my list. Interesting. Because and we largely talked about that on the episode, but it was another one that you would it definitely does not come across at all as a you know a high body count sort of series, and it doesn't have an enormous cast for it, but it goes through a lot you you know you end up losing people here and there, you lose them in meaningful ways, your two main characters have uh you know a a bad end as it were but still one that you can feel meaning and and heartfelt in and yet because it comes across a lot of times as kind of a janky rom-com uh with a with a backdrop of war and stuff but uh you know it, it the environment is weird the uh the the conflicts are a little weird uh, it's not a terribly, you know, it, it's not an ending that you feel like, oh, it's great. The, the big bad evil has been defeated forever either. So you not only went through and lost a lot of the main characters, but, you know, it, it kind of feels like the whole evil is continuing unabated anyway. There will still be future challengers for it. Uh, as we got the, you know, as Mario who, uh, learn through so you kind of have the the main survivor going forward is the one who is raised in a way by our main characters they just don't get to uh see the stuff going going forward uh and i forget i forget how many is lost most of the main characters you follow are gone by the end and a number of the side characters and of course pretty much any of the any of the bads and any of the meaningful ones, you just get the, uh, you know, the the overall evil entity gets to continue being evil. It's like trying to confront Ares. Well, he's still a god and he's going to try to make people kill each other. So they that was another one where, uh, you know, it, it could have done with uh, what happens next. Like instead of being a Roaring Twenties thing. What did it? Oh, it ended with the... Uh, with the assassination of the Pope, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been interesting to do a time skip and continue on from there, uh, but uh, it never, it never got anything further. But uh, in the in the end, I found it a meaningful amount of uh, you know, me- meaty body count by the end for something that uh, that belied its general image. So uh obviously you like the the series in general. Uh, yeah, like... I do. And so yeah, I 
definitely did not even really consider that one for my list. It just certainly qualifies. Uh, but yeah, I did not even consider it for my list. How well, uh, again, we kind of talked about it a whole lot in uh, <laughs> in the episode dedicated to it. But uh, as far as it went with the with the character, with the deaths over time and other stuff, how 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 much did it feel like it pulled off earning them or were some of them like why did they bother you know killing that character towards the end or, or did it just seem like it took a turn along the way and became less about uh comedic hijinks and more about actually leaning into the uh 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 the the war and uh, uh the the conflict and and was that kind of just stamping it at the end because we end up losing everyone by the end of the show effectively is, uh, is that meaningful or would it, uh, would it have been more fitting or, or more interesting if largely it became, you know, you lost, you lose a couple people, but uh, for the most part, they get to continue doing their own thing and, and continue fighting the evil as opposed to, beat it for now and lots of casualties result and it it comes back later for me and i'm gonna need to get a little specific so if you haven't watched the show or you haven't listened to our other podcast dedicated to it now was a good time to fast forward (laughs) um uh, for me, some deaths felt earned. Some deaths felt a little manipulative. Uh, Satella, on one on one hand, I think her death was earned. I think they did a really good job of wrapping up her storyline. Uh, Chrono and Rosette dying at the end. You could argue that that was a little manipulative uh, and a little obvious, but I still... I cried at that ending. I thought that it was very touching and very sweet. I know a certain person that I'm married to <laughs> rolled rolled her eyes at that. <laughs> so, you know, I can see it both ways. I've had this debate before. So, yeah, but I think for the most part, the deaths in this series were pretty well earned. And served to at least wrap up the uh, the story well, rather than being. Uh, I'm trying to think how to phrase it. Ser- served the story rather than uh, uh, being gratuitous. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the way that they wrapped up the series as a whole, with uh, Father Jonathan, I believe his name was. Uh, you know, ended up destitute, lost in the sea of the world, and the evil bad guy never actually got, you know, fully defeated. He's still walking around just fine. Right. Uh, so I thought that that was a really unique way to end the series. Yeah, not happy-go-lucky. That uh, perverted old weapons master didn't get killed, though, did he? No, I don't believe he did. Too bad. <laughs> it's it's still uh, a little bit hilarious that they were playing the like uh looking at her panties trope in situations where Rosette is entirely covered, you know, with pantaloons that go down to her ankles. And I'm like, what wait a minute, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Can't work. Because of that, he deserved to die. That's all. So, alright, well, let's go ahead and let's move along to my number four. This one is probably the least obvious one on my list, uh, because it's not a horror series in the least, uh, but it does have a good body count to it, and that would be Angel Beats. I had a feeling that was coming. Yeah, so Angel Beats is a series where the whole premise of the series is about a group of teenagers stuck in purgatory who don't want to be reincarnated as, you know, slugs or snails or, you know, whatever else they think that God has intended for them. The way that they handle the exit of each character from episode to episode is just so well done and so very touching. Uh, I really liked that they took the time to go through everyone's life 
uh, and showed, you know, why they're so afraid to get reincarnated and go back to Earth. I thought that it was really well done. It was sweet. It was emotional. June Maida really hit it out of the park with this one. So, yeah, I think that this series absolutely earned put all the, of its... Put PA works on the map, too. Oh, yeah. And they were never I... heard from again. Yeah, Wait. who's ever heard of that studio? <laughs> Who likes them? So yeah, th- this was one that was on my conceptually. It it does work because even though yes, it, you know they're assi- essentially all technically dead. You get the uh, in the end the the death of their consciousness in limbo, so it can still count. But it was one of those that I was trying to decide. Uh, whether or not to to run with, and uh, it was just sitting on my uh, sitting on my sidebar, and I ended up leaving it there. So uh, that makes sense. Can't can't really disagree though. It makes good use of its uh, construct, and the characters die, as it were. Uh, meaningfully, and I forget, was literally any one technically left over at the end <laughs> of that? or uh... No, by the end of the series, everyone quote-unquote dies in purgatory and gets sent back to the Earth. Right. I don't know why, if you see that, that's a little weird. If if you know that you're just going to be reincarnated and you know that, you know, it'll turn around. Why, why would you be afraid of being, re- it's more life. I suppose technically, technically, if you can stay with your consciousness that you recognize in a limbo, it's fine. But if it's only going to be you and a couple other people for the rest of eternity with nothing else to do, then you might as well roll the dice. <laughs> it it uh, then the the good place ripped them off years later. <laughs> nah, isn't that always the case though? Yes, exactly. Hollywood just ripping off anime, doing what they want with it. So, alright, that takes care of my number four. So, let's go ahead, let's jump into it. What is your final pick for this list? Well, this one I knew that you wouldn't uh, uh, copy because I know you haven't watched it. And it's one of those that comes across interestingly in this kind of category because... As shoujo, as kind of progenitor race, isekai, fantasy, romance, it doesn't feel like something where by the end the the two factions have lost lots of their members. Uh, but in this case, if, if you don't know, I'm talking about Fushigi Yugi. I had a feeling that this was going to come up eventually, but I wasn't sure. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. How much, since you haven't watched it, does it actually carry this kind of a reputation generally? I've never really thought about it, and that doesn't come up, so it, it's not a thing that I would necessarily associate with it. It has a small reputation amongst uh, amongst the people that I talk to I've heard sto- I've heard inklings about what goes on in the story I've only watched a few episodes myself but I have had people tell me yeah it gets pretty dark and murdersome at some <laughs> at some point <laughs> yeah so you end up with uh, you know the when when you're telling these kinds of stories uh, of our you know conflicting fashions, you you get the uh, the presentation, of course, that uh, the priestess can only make her wish as long as she has all of her celestial warriors. So the first time you lose someone, it's very meaningful because it implies that you know the the whole quest can't even happen anymore 
but they're still trying to fight other people and prevent them because you have your evil warring faction and the emperor trying to take over the land and being cruel to the people. So whether or not you can succeed in your primary quest, you still want to try to succeed in crippling them so that they can't continue to, uh, you know, hurt people and, and challenge uh, the world and, and continue. Uh, so when you start losing people, the first one is a bit of a shock. Uh, and then when you, it starts accelerating from there and you get a number of situations where characters are doing, you know, the kind of heroic sacrifice or the, uh, or being taken out by a, an enemy, you get enemies who are thrown into a weird situation and, uh, as enemies will, will sometimes cause their own demise unexpectedly, or they simply put craft a situation where they have to be killed to uh to be taken out and you're you're left with a surprising few by the end of the narrative and and again it's just the kind of show that you wouldn't really think it from which does make me wonder if we're going to see uh, you know the strongest parallel that people come up with is yon of the dawn I haven't read more of the manga, so I've only watched as much of the anime that they have, which is sadly very little. Uh, so you wonder if it will follow the same course. But when you have a, a number of things, I mean, you see kind of similar, even in, when we're watching an Escaflone, but you don't get a lot of uh, character deaths coming through. You get some, you get the... The, the ones that mean it, you usually get a lot of bad guy deaths. That's why I didn't bring something like Monster in here. It has a, uh, a high body count, but the bulk of it, you have a few very meaningful ones of your good guys that you are rooting for, but the vast bulk of who ends up, you know, eating it in Monster are is evil feeding upon itself. So... That doesn't that doesn't feel like it uh, sits in here the same way in, in which when you've lost half your good guys, half your bad guys, and you're still unsure how it's all going to turn out, that becomes a uh, a high body count that uh, that has meaningful stakes. Now, I do believe that Yuatase uh, rolls stuff back in later you know, sequels to it. I'm obviously not counting those, so I'm just going to go as far as the anime has gotten to. Uh, I mean, you're already in a in a world with reincarnation and other stuff, so you can be uh, a little uh, cheap with it generally, but during the course of this, it doesn't do it. It, it does one or two kind of ass pulls where you think a character might be dead, but they're not. But then characters do die so it's not being cheap about it and in the end you know you're you're left to contemplate the wreckage of everything uh even though you may be happy by the end for the good guys right it's it's the whole at what cost and what is going to happen after that it is a good journey oh so, all right uh, for my last pick i am gonna break out a big old cheat uh, and the way that I am going to break out a big old cheat is by not choosing a single series, but rather the entire Fate Stay Night universe. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> that was another one that was uh, sitting in my... Well, conceptually, they're all, <laughs> they're all playing a game where they have to kill each other to uh, death games... Fate Stay Night isn't a straightforward one, but uh, it's another one that I wasn't sure whether I could uh, justify it according to how I wanted to uh, put it together. But uh, you you entered with uh, Dean Stay Night in the beginning, right? Yeah, that was my first introduction to the franchise. Uh, from there, I watched uh, Unlimited Dean Works. <laughs> Uh, and then I watched the UFO table, the UFO table, 
uh, adaptations of Fate Zero and Unlimited Blade Works, and I'm working my way through Heaven's Feel right now. Right. So, yeah, but the Fate Stay Night universe was probably one of the very first series that I watched where nobody was really safe and people were dying left and right. I'm not sure if I had watched another series before this one that had really done that. Um, I might have, but this is the one that really stuck out to me. So yeah, so the Dean, so the Fate Stay Dean, that was my first introduction to the franchise. I have loved it ever since. Uh, I still rewatch chapters of it on a regular basis. Uh, definitely, this is the series that introduced me to the Battle Royale concept. Uh, I had seen it in some movies beforehand, but this was the first like anime, I think that I saw a Battle Royale situation, and I thought that they did it very well. I think what's really cool about the Fate Stay Night universe, though, is that I really like how it's not just the servants who are killed. I like that they aren't afraid to kill off the masters as well. Except for when they kill Rin Tosica, because they can, you know, <laughs> go to hell for that. But um, unacceptable. So yeah, but yeah, the Fate Stay Night universe. This was, I believe, the series that introduced me to the battle royale format, and will always have a special place in my heart for it. Makes sense. Have you watched uh, Prisma Ilya and seen all of the, uh, you know, obviously there's got to be a lot of deaths in that one. I watched the first season and a half, I believe, of Prisma Ilya before I finally decided that I was done with that. Mm. Carnival Phantasm, a whole lot of uh, death and destruction. Uh, and the family home cooking. <laughs> So it's, haven't watched it's not the whole yet. fate you. <laughs> yeah. Not the whole yeah. fate you. I, I hear ya. <laughs> I was I was a little bit more considering Fate Zero on its own, but uh again that's that's the sort of thing where I'm where I'm trying to decide, especially when a lot of your characters are summoned ones, you know, their heroic presences, you like them. But you don't believe at any point that they have been, you know, damaged or destroyed because they were summoned out of the ether to begin with their return to it. It still manages to pull off stuff, even with viciously cruel masters, you still you still get to have enough story and kind of like them by the end. So when they suffer an, an ignoble death of some sort, you, you feel even for the... Uh, uh, the the kind of crazy ones who who seem particularly evil going in, but I think uh, Fate Zero overall had a a more balanced approach to uh, to to the concept. It, it sort of it felt like it had a bit of a more refined environment and was uh, assisted by knowing you know what's to cut what it's building towards. So mm -hmm. now that did mean, of course, you knew some deaths were coming and some deaths couldn't happen, but hey. Still an yeah. okay show. Yeah, I mean, I still really love Fate Zero, even though, you know, I knew ahead of time how it was gonna end. Uh I knew that they weren't gonna stray from established canon that far. So I was still really invested in that one. I still consider it probably my favorite Fate series. Was But yeah, Fate Zero is definitely my favorite Fate series of all time. Uh, I think it's probably the, the most well done. But yeah, so... But actually choosing a single Fate series to put into this list uh, just was not going to happen. Yeah, and you kind of have to chat about all of them anyway. Yeah. It's certainly an 
an appropriate one to go out on as well. Yeah, so let's go ahead. Let's wrap things up at that point. Uh, so, CT, thank you again for joining me for another discussion. Eh, another. Sorry, that, that was also in my contention. <laughs> <laughs> Th- thanks for inviting me to contribute to this bloody, bloody industry that uh, we are involved in. <laughs> so i and thank you all of you out there for listening to us if you want to hear these podcasts as soon as they go live then you can head over to our patreon that's patreon.com slash otaku review they are also available on most major platforms now at this point uh so yeah and if you enjoy what we're doing please remember to like share and subscribe until the next time Take care, everybody. See ya.